This serves as the text today for today's sermon. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. You have heard it said, to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it is said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced man commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, Do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. For today's message is from Matthew chapter 5, that Pastor Tig read for us just a few moments ago. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we open every sermon with this short blessing or a small modification of it every single week in our sermons. Some might see it as a moment to take a breath to release the sermon hymn, both its words and its music, from the forefront of our minds so that our minds might now turn and make that transition into participating in listening to process God's holy word. But this blessing is God's word. God is blessing you. Now, Do not, I repeat, do not raise your hands. But answer these questions in your mind. Did you feel God's grace and peace flow over you when you heard those words? Did your mind gloss over these words, waiting for the usual pleasantries to finish? So then you can start concentrating on the sermon. Seriously, stop. Take a moment. Be honest with yourself. Hmm. Being honest with yourself. 
I suppose if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would notice that most of the times we are not honest with ourselves. We paint our lives, especially our actions, in a light that is usually rosier than reality. And if you have doubts to that effect, consider your posts on Facebook and Instagram. Perhaps now it is easier to hear and understand that saying that there is your truth, there is my truth, and there is the truth. Now today's text is still within the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, where there is both law and gospel. And if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would notice that we spend a lot more time on God's blessings and less time on his law. We've had to face this fact over the past two weeks as the Beatitudes themselves actually presented both law and gospel. And last week we looked at salt and light. We were confronted with the fact that we spend a lot of time deconstructing God's word instead of preserving it so that it might be used to both preserve and flavor our lives of faith so we might then therefore shine God's light to the lives of others. In fact, our hearts melted, didn't they? When we heard from Jesus' own lips that not one dot or yota would pass from the law until Jesus fulfills it all. And how sweet it was to learn that Jesus kept the law perfectly and his sacrifice on the cross covers our inability to keep the law. Our sins are paid for through his life and his death. And the cherry on top of this proverbial theological ice cream sundae is his resurrection. His resurrection is the conquering of death. It brings the promised resurrection to us in our baptism. A resurrection just like his. (laughs) But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Because today it appears that Jesus is now done with the generalities of salt and light. We see this as he peels back the curtain that we have placed right in front of our eyes so that we no longer see God's commandments clearly. Who here has spoken poorly of another driver on the road? You don't have to raise your hand. I might have done that this morning. In the past week, who here has spread malicious gossip or commented in a derogatory fashion against another's opinions or actions? Did you happen to dismiss that person as unworthy of your respect as you commented? You do know that they too are God's creation, right? In today's text, Jesus' articulation of the spirit of the law reveals just how far we have fallen below the requirements of the law. 
God's intention in the fifth and sixth commandments, indeed all of his commandments, was not only to prohibit the outward and fully grown sin, in this case of murder and adultery, but also to help us pay attention to the malice and the vice in our own hearts. Jesus' elaboration here reveals that God not only wishes us to not commit murder and adultery, but to refrain from those things that actually lead to them. For even though the gospel announces that all of these sins are forgiven, these sins are very dangerous. They can lead us into damnation by removing faith from Jesus in us and then replacing him with whatever idol our hearts creates. For we are tempted again and again to dispose of Jesus simply because he gets in the way of our idols. Now it is important that we see that Jesus is not covering every point of contention regarding divorce. He is saying that the culture here has just run amok. And divorce is taken way too lightly. It runs afoul of God's design and work. The fact, the very fact that God has taken two and made them one. There's a great parallel in our culture today, is there not? We take divorce much too simply and lightly. But it comes with such great costs. So let us strive to address every situation regarding trouble in a marriage head-on within the context of the law. Even though we seem to find new ways of hurting each other every single day, still the truth remains God has made two one. A number of conversations I've had this week regarding our current culture focused on a lament that our culture has trained us too well. Our news programs are more propaganda than news. Their content is filled with a display of evil so they might promote a position or a theme that actually divides us. And then we're taught to use that division as if we needed another stick to beat each other with. But this is a lie of the enemy. The enemy isn't the news. The enemy is not your neighbor who doesn't think just like you. After all, why do you think that this text today was so uncomfortable for you to hear? Because the enemy is you. You've heard it said, I've met the enemy and it is me. Our very heart is so fouled with sin that we cannot help but speak words of derision and dismissal at the slightest provocation. Does this mean that there is no place for the local news in our lives? Of course not. It is wonderful to be informed. Does it mean that we, evil should not be resisted in all of its forms? Of course not. We are called to resist evil. 
But the heart of today's lesson is that we need to pause. We need to see ourselves in the light of the truth before we consider our brother or our sister. Each and every one of us is as infected with sin as, to the, as the person to whom we are now talking or ignoring. Each and every one of us is as messed up as the person beside us. And only after this truth confronts us will we be able to repent, receive forgiveness. Only after this truth confronts us and we repent will we be able to approach each other so that we actually might love one another and forgive. Until you face the truth of your own corrupted heart, you will find it near impossible to unleash your compassion for each other. And if you cannot unleash your compassion for your fellow believer, you will most likely never unleash it for those who openly oppose you because of their unbelief. Now, I suppose I don't need to cover everything else that is, in, that is in today's lesson because it is quite long and there is so much there. But we should note that the disposing of body parts that make you sin is a metaphor that is telling you to remove from your life those things that cause you to sin. And if you have a problem resisting something, please seek help to remove it from your life. For oftentimes, we can't do it by ourselves. And regarding oaths, Jesus is reminding us that we are not God. In the Jewish culture, there was a hierarchy of oath-taking, but Jesus says this is not so. It is simply yes or no or an oath to God. And since words to God are so critically important, it is better not to swear at all, especially given our condition. And especially because not one of us has control over heaven or earth or cities or the turning of our hair from whatever color it is to gray. Or in the case of some of us, losing it. <clears throat> you see, all of these things belong to God and they are not our property to offer up as a guarantee in an oath. This is why Jesus says anything else that comes from yes or no, besides greater than yes or no, most likely comes from the evil one. Satan wants us to think that there is a degree of certainty in our words. But Jesus is saying that since the people of God are intended to be salt and light to the world, their world, words are already of supreme importance. Thus, our witness to our fellow man about this God that we worship and follow is found in honoring a simple yes or a no. Sometimes it's coincidence. Sometimes it's divine intervention. Sometimes it's your district president giving you a nudge. <laughs> He posted a quote this week on Facebook 
from St. Maximus the Confessor that goes like this. He who busies himself with the sins of others or judges his brother on suspicion has not yet even begun to repent or to examine himself so as discover his own sins. Thank God for the wisdom of our forefathers. So, do you need a moment? Do you need a moment to stop and consider your own sins? I know I do. For when it comes to God's law, God is not confused. We are. It seems that part of this epiphany season is not only the revealing of Jesus, but also the revealing of our corrupt nature, our corrupt hearts and our need for a savior. For we seek that which destroys far more than that which brings life. Truly the thought of seeing yourself as you truly are before your Lord is scary. Truly we are poor, miserable, yet forgiven sinners. We are to be a people who love justice and do mercy and walk humbly with our God. And because of Jesus, Jesus alone, it is possible. Because of Jesus, it is possible to react to one who provokes you with love and integrity and a genuine curiosity. Maybe by perhaps saying, you know, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. My upbringing and my experiences tell me something different. But tell me more about what you've experienced that leads you to this line of thinking. How is something like that possible? Well, look here. Before us this day is the body and blood of Jesus. The bread and wine before you this day is not only a reminder of the sacrifice of Jesus for your sins, but his body and blood are truly present in the meal. Jesus has seen to it that you are taking him into yourself. Jesus is uniting you with him. The two are becoming one. His bride is being united to the bridegroom. And he doesn't want you separated from him forever. But more than this, look here. For the cross is before you this day. It's not only a remembrance of your baptism where you were claimed as his own. It's a remembrance that you were washed with both water and the powerful word of God. You were given faith. You received forgiveness of your sins. And you were made a child of the heavenly father with a promised inheritance that is everlasting. 
His cross is also a reminder that your Lord and Savior has bled and died on the cross of Calvary. He paid for your sin already with his blood. And his tomb is empty. He truly is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For he is risen and he will never die again. And he has gone to the Father to prepare a place for you. Today, his very holy and powerful word is before you to remind you that God is not confused. Without Jesus, we are lost to the depths of hell for eternity. And with Jesus, we are saved. Eternal life face to face with the living God forever is yours now. God is not confused. He knew sin needed to be paid for. So he sent his son to pay for that which we could not accomplish. God is not confused. He knew that death needed defeating, so he raised his son from the grave. God is not confused. He gives us his holy word so that we might see our sins more clearly and cling to him forever. He is not confused. And that's why he gave us all these things in our baptism. Remember your baptism. And God is not confused. That's why he continually strengthens us by the hearing of his word and the partaking of his sacraments so that we might with our every breath retell the grace that has broken into our strife. Despite sin that seems so easily to overcome us, we take heart. For Jesus has already overcome the world. God is not confused. He knows exactly who you are. And he chooses you. He has seen to it that all is cared for so that you might be his forever. And now truly we do have grace and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.